Hello, friends. Welcome to the Lug Life Podcast. My name is Adam. My name is Sherry. Sherry Beth, what episode is this? 51. It is 51. And this episode, I don't want to say that it is a follow-up to last week, because it's definitely different, but we're sticking with the same kind of theme, aren't we? Yeah. What are we talking about today? Alaska. We are. So you guys remember, last week, we did the Alaska This or That Podcast, um, and we talked a lot about... Things that we love. In fact, everything on the list, I think, were things that we love about Right, Alaska. we had a really hard time choosing because they're all things that we love. They're all things that are so great. Yep. And I realize that if you watch our channel, you probably, uh, you probably know quickly <laughs> that we love the state we live in. Yes. But the reality is, and this is true anywhere you could live, there are also things that are not so great. Yeah, and I think that it's easy, I mean, it is easy for us to just talk about how much we love Alaska and the things we love about Alaska, um, but I think that it's also uh, good sometimes to maybe talk about the things that aren't, like, perfect, because Alaska's not perfect. Yeah, and I think especially, I mean, we've had a number, gosh, we've had a number of viewers that have moved to Alaska, mm-hmm. and I think it's healthy before you visit a place, uh, before you certainly move to a place, to understand not just the good, but also maybe the the hard or the bad. Yeah. Um, especially in a place like Alaska, where it's so easy when you get here to be captivated by beauty. Yes. I mean, I, I, I know I'm biased. I've never been to a more beautiful state than Alaska. Like, there's not, even a, clo- there's not even a close second. Right. And so it's easy to just be like, oh my God, like Alaska. Right. But but like, there are some things that are not great about it. And so we're going to, there are some things that are like just sort of funny and we're just going to kind of laugh our way through those. Mm-hmm. But there are some deeper, heavier things that we're going to talk about that are not great. A lot of the things on the list, on this list are things that you guys probably would assume would be on a, a things that are hard about Alaska or things you don't like about Alaska list. Right. In fact, the first one, we're just going di- to dive into this, yeah. is darkness. The darkness. You hear that all of the time. Yeah, so it's a little easier here in Anchorage. We're far enough south that we don't completely lose daylight. Um, But it is, it gets dark in the winter. Does the darkness affect you? Yes. In what ways? Um, It just, I'm I'm easily depressed kind of Mm -hmm. anyway. I think that's sort of just my natural um, lean. But in the winter, it is harder for me to be positive and be happy because there's just no sunlight to help mm-hmm. me out <laughs> yeah you go to work in the dark you come home in the dark right um which i know is true about a lot of places in the country mm-hmm. but it is just different when it's like also cold um yeah the darkness is one of the things that it you hear about just a ton yeah uh, of course there are like sad lights for people who suffer with seasonal uh disorder mm-hmm. however nothing really replaces the sun right so as we go through this sherry and i'm, I'm realizing <laughs> you and i haven't talked about this right so i'm going to spur something on you real quick oh, okay i think it'd be helpful as we talk about these things if we have things that we do to kind of combat the hard things of alaska mm, yeah let's touch on that is that okay Sure. Okay, curveball. Sorry. <laughs> Some of them, there's not really... Nope, there's not. There's just not really a, a way to deal with them. That's but true. They just are. They just are. But darkness. Darkness. There are the sad lights. There is vitamin D that you can up in the winter. Yep. Um, One of the things that's worked well for you in years past actually was tanning. Tanning. Yep. Like a noticeable difference in you yeah. when you would just go even spend like 10 minutes in a bed. Yeah. Um, even really just a few. The, the beds that I go to, I think 10 minutes is like the max that you can go. Mm-hmm. And so even just going for, you know, two or three or five minutes is like, I feel so much better just getting a little bit of that 
UV. 100% agree. Uh, one thing that is really helpful for me is that during times of the day when the sun is out, again, Sherry mentioned earlier, being here in Anchorage, we never have a time when the sun is, we get sunlight every day. Right. Um, well, daylight every day. Daylight every day, <laughs> right. Uh, opening the windows, like the blinds, mm -hmm. and even letting what little daylight we have come in. Yeah. Um, and then also just being intentional about getting out. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, if you just hole up inside, like depression sets in quickly. You have to almost force yourself kind of yeah. to go out and do stuff when the sun is out. Get some fresh air. You really do. Mm -hmm. And it makes... In those four or five hours of daylight. <laughs> that, yeah. That like that is the game changer for me. Yep. Um, I found that when I sit in the office all day and then the only time I'm outside is either in the morning before the sun's up or in the evening after it's down, like that's bad news bears. Yeah. So just kind of intentionality. Anything else on the darkness that we do? I don't think so. Actually, I have one. I do have oh, one okay. more thing. Um, some of you guys may have noticed if you've watched kind of our life rhythms, we try to get out of Alaska in yeah. December, January, February. Um, Those are the darkest months. The darkest months. Mm -hmm. And so the darkest months, the coldest months. And so I think that if you're going to live here, at least, at least for us, mm -hmm. we have to prioritize getting out in the months that it can be the hardest right taking a vacation to somewhere usually warm yeah and that's actually one <laughs> of the reasons you know i had this idea for this podcast um actually last year sometime but it's weird to make a podcast about things we don't like about alaska in august when you love alaska right you know what i mean <laughs> and so i was like nope yeah. this is a podcast that needs to happen in january or february right when it's kind of the forefront of our mind of like uh, what we don't like about Alaska. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about. So that's, out. so that's the darkness. Obviously, one of the things that people think the most of, uh, probably the next thing people think the most of, Sherry, is the... Cold. Cold, snow, ice, all of that. Yeah. How's it for you? Um. So I grew up in northern Indiana, mm -hmm. and there's that lake effect snow off of Lake Michigan. Um, there's those awful, awful temperatures where it's not, like, temperature-wise, it actually is not as cold as here. Um, according to the thermometer. But Ooh. with that wind chill, it's with different. that humidity, it is cold. Yep, it's different. And um, so really, like, coming up here wasn't, like, the winters aren't that different from what I grew up with. It, they're just, they're darker. <laughs> it didn't seem like you went from, oh, a Midwest, minor, Midwest winter, which is, like, kind of mild to, like, frozen tundra Alaska. It's not like it was right. more right. severe here. No. Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is good, but... Um, also, I I have a hard time, like, standing on my own two feet on, like, flat, <laughs> solid ground. And um, so when it's icy or snowy or whatever, like, I'd fall all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten better. You've gotten, I gotta I've say. I've gotten better. Props to you. Yeah. Because your first number of years here, mm -hmm. it was, I mean, multiple Every time time. I stepped outside. Well, that's not true. But it was multiple times a winter that you would fall. Yeah. Um... And it now seems like maybe once or twice a winter. Yeah, I've gotten better. And so we can talk about <laughs> the way to combat that. Um, you walk flat-footed. It's so... You got, <laughs> you got to change the way you walk. You have to change the way you walk. You can't just, like, walk like a normal person. You mm -hmm. have to walk weird um, and, like, put your full foot down flat on every step. And it's weird, but it it balances better. Yeah. And um, I don't I don't fall as much. So, yeah, it's still, it's just, I don't know, like, you just find ways to deal with it, but I also just don't like the 
snow or the cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't like being in the snow. I don't like being in it. I love watching it snow from inside, like under a blanket with a fire going with a book. That's like my favorite. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be out in it. Totally. So darkness and cold, probably the two (laughs) things that people think of when they think of Alaska winter. Yeah. So now we're going to move into some other things. Um, This next one is one that a lot of people struggle with when they move to Alaska. Yeah. Um, That is the distance. Yeah. I don't think people realize how far Uh it is to get here. Yeah. Um, So like the shortest flight for us to get out of Alaska into like another part of the United States is Anchorage to Seattle. Which is about three hours. And it's about three hours. So a lot of people are like a three hour flight. That's ridiculous. Like I could never do that. That's our shortest flight ever. I know. Um, and so like when, you know, we're talking about six hour flights and people are losing their minds. We're just like, no, that's like normal. Like that's just how, that's just what it is. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think the distance is, is something that people just don't really realize because part of it I think is, you know, every map has Alaska down by Hawaii and that's just not where we're at. But, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, it's quite the distance from the rest of the United States. Totally. And so, you know, distance from family, you can feel very detached from all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that one of the things that we do, or a couple of things that really help us not feel so far away. Well, honestly, technology is a big deal. Technology. And really, so I moved up here 18 years ago. And even just in the last 18 years, technology has come a really long way. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's just nothing to like FaceTime family. Um, FaceTime wasn't a thing when I moved up here. It was like email and mm-hmm. phone calls. And like that was the extent of what you could do. So um, technology has made a big difference, I think. I, I think another thing that's made a big difference. Um, I, I remember Auburn saying something on one of her trips up here. I don't remember which one it was about how she always thought of Alaska as so inaccessible. It just feels so far away. But once you do it, you realize it's like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Right. And I think one of the things that's helped that is actually, uh, well, because of our growing tourism numbers, there are just more flights here. Right. Right? Like, you can fly direct Anchorage to Atlanta. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, direct That's Anchorage, a long flight. That's a long <laughs> flight. But it's like one flight, you get, you know, it's like, what? One Georgia to Alaska? The together. Yep. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like even the growth of tourism and travel in Alaska, uh, with an increase in flights and all that kind of stuff, uh, has made it... Not quite so far away. It still takes a while. Um, one of my favorite things I share, and you touched on this, is travel to us if we live here. Hours of travel just really isn't that big of a deal. No, it's like two hours to Seward. That's like the shortest. Like four hours, five hours to Homer. It's it's seven hours to Fairbanks. You know, it's like in, in driving. And so, you know, people that are like, ugh, like this town's like half an hour away. Like I can't, like I'm not driving all the way over there. <laughs> like we're, everything is just far away for us. Yeah, and it's like, if we we had a friend who flew into Fairbanks and we hadn't seen them, even though that's like a five and a half hour drive, we would go see them. Of course. And and that's so funny because like, can you imagine most places like... We'd make a weekend of it. Yeah, it's like, oh, perfect. Yeah, we'll drive up. Um, But like most places around the country, it's like you're five and a half hours away. I'm not going to come see you. Right. It's like, what? That's too far. But I think, I think because of the size of Alaska, like we're just used to traveling long distances, Mm -hmm. even just like with life here right and so it makes our long distance travel easier i think now i will say it is funny um to me that so like yeah it's just like oh well let's go to seward for the day and it's a two-hour drive Mm -hmm. um so four hours driving you know there and back but 
if we have, you know, people that live in the east side of Anchorage, it's, you know, a half an hour drive from us. We're like, no, that's too far. I haven't seen them in years. <laughs> yeah. We live in the same city. We're like, uh, so far. We used to drive two hours because uh, the only Dairy Queen was a two hour in a town two hours away. Mm-hmm. We used to drive down there on like a nice sunny summer day just to get ice cream. And then drive back. Like and then we drive were back. We were in Soldotna for 15 minutes. Now. And we'd drive back. Now, to be fair, <laughs> I think a peanut butter parfait is always worth four hours. <laughs> but, um, okay. So now let's move into a couple other things. This next one, Sherry, this this one's for me. That one's for you because I don't care. What? Well. We have no professional sports teams. Yeah, I'm sorry. You guys, I am a huge sports fan, and I'm a huge live sports fan. I have been to Major League Baseball games. I've been to NFL games. I've been to NHL games. I've been to NBA games. I've been to college football. I mean, you name it, I will go, even if it's a team that I don't like. Like, if I'm in San Francisco, California, and the worst football team in the history of the world, the San Francisco 49ers... (laughs) Sorry, Justin Zachman. Are in town playing, I would probably go. Granted, it's easy to get tickets because nobody goes and sees them, but not the point. Um, <laughs> we don't have that in Alaska. Yeah. Like, we have local sports. We have high school sports. We have, like, some college stuff, but nothing. But no big college sports and no, no. like, no football team. And I, and I miss that. And so, uh, yeah, and so I miss that. And so I just wish we had something. We used to have, like, a semi-pro professional hockey team that was a part of like the st louis blues organization um but i don't know i i miss that yeah because again like the closest city to go see pro sports is seattle so it's well, a three-hour flight yeah and it's one of the reasons that um you know seattle sports fans typically um are loyal to or Alaskans are typically loyal to Seattle sports teams. Mm-hmm, That's kind of like our, the default. Like, it's like our home team. Yeah, it's the but closest it's, city. But it's a three-hour flight. It's a three-hour flight, so it's not like you can just go to the game and then go home. Like, it's a it's a weekend ordeal. Although and it's it's. I have flown down on a Sunday morning, <laughs> gone to a Seahawks game, and flown home on Sunday <laughs> night. Like I and I will say, loved it. One of my favorite experiences. <laughs> um, okay, next. This is one. That gets you and I. Yeah. Okay. So this one Ugh. has a bunch of different like facets to it. We're gonna talk national chains, um, oh, but we're gosh. gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch of different facets of them. Okay. So first of all, uh, you've been in Alaska for eighteen, 18 years. years. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, when you moved here, we did not have nearly the amount of national chains we do now. Very few. Yep. But one of the hard things about living in Alaska is that we still get all of the national chain commercials, even for places we don't have. Correct. And I just remember, so we do have an Olive Garden now, but we didn't for a long time. And I just remember watching TV and these Olive Garden commercials would come on and I'm just like... For the love of, like, why? Why do they give us these commercials when we can't even go to a freaking Olive Garden? We because don't have one. If I see an Olive Garden breadstick on TV, I immediately I need... Right. Yep. I need the Olive Garden breadstick. Completely. And I, it's just, it's rude. It's um, rude. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know. And they've we have gotten a lot more chains. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last 18 years, which is great, but... But still, we see Chick-fil-A commercials. We see Chick-fil-A commercials. We it's see, so annoying. I know, and I forget, I'm, nothing else is coming to mind right Only now. Only Chick-fil-A is all we care about. <laughs> we don't have any Chick-fil-A's. But um, it's not just that we get their commercials, we don't have them, because then there's like the opposite side of that coin. Right. When they come here, people in Alaska lose their freaking mind. They lose their damn minds, and it's it's... 
hours, hours to wait. So go back, going back to Olive Garden, when the first Olive Garden opened up here, the wait was so long that people would go and put their name in and get their little buzzer thing and go watch a movie the across the parking door. lot yep. and then come back and finish out their wait. Yep. Finish out their, like, it's not just like, oh, it went off halfway through the movie. Oh, no, 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 it didn't. Your wait was, it was three plus hours. Yeah, and, and that's for a couple of reasons. It's really interesting. When you look at national chains that open up here, almost without fail, every, like, monthly, daily, weekly sales record gets shattered. Right. Basically, they print money because of how many people go to them. Right. And that happens for a couple of reasons. It happens because, you know, the majority of people in Alaska are from other places. Mm -hmm. And so, like, maybe you grew up uh, in the South and you loved Raisin Cane's and then all of a sudden a raisin, you've moved to Alaska and all of a sudden Raisin Cane's opens. It's like, you know what? Yes. I'm going to wait two hours for some chicken strips and cane sauce. And that's what happens. <laughs> and that's what happens. And people wait in Dairy Queen, same thing. Like oh. the only Dairy Queen we had was in Soldotna and, um, two hours away. And so when Anchorage got their first one, like the drive through line was hours, hours. Again. And people are just sitting, waiting for their ice cream. I'm just like, what? Okay. But, I mean, to be fair about that, it is a peanut butter parfait. Well, sure. It's worth But it. you could have driven to Soldotna and back before. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. So, and that's the, like, it, it drives me crazy that every single chain that comes up here, it, like, it's not just, like, there's one that's missed. Like, no. every single chain that comes up here is hours long for, like, the first six months. Like, I don't, we don't even try to go. No, in fact, we're, uh, Sonic is about to open their first restaurant um, in Anchorage here soon. Um, they have one in Wasilla, they have one in Fairbanks, but they don't have one in Anchorage. And the reality is, it would be a shorter wait for Sherry and I to drive the 45 minutes to Wasilla and go to the Sonic out there. And then eat it and then drive home. Rather than wait for what the line will be at the Sonic in Anchorage. Correct. It's like, then that's not even an exaggeration. It's it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I guess we'll go to the Sonic six months after it opens. Right. So. It's just, it's so weird. Okay. Another thing with national chains. You guys, yeah. we're not done yet. No, we're not done. Let's talk prices. Let's talk prices. $5. Five dollar foot long lies. It's lies. all lies. Subway. Big fat lies. You sit on a throne of five dollar lies. Correct. So, um, like change your commercial. I don't know because, um, the five dollar foot long has never ever ever been five dollars here in Anchorage. In Alaska, it's like a six dollar foot long. Some places off the road system seven dollars. You get to rural Alaska eight nine dollars ten dollar mm -hmm. eleven dollar foot longs. I've never had a $5 foot long in my life. Correct. And so I just feel like their commercial is just spouting lies. <laughs> and that really, that really is it. It just bugs me. Like that commercial comes on with that little catchy jingle and it's just like, you're, you're lies. You are lies. Here's the thing. Every now and then they do try to change it. And it's always really funny because you see the national commercial. It's like $5 foot long. And then there's like the local subway commercial and they're like $6 foot long. And you're like, stop. Well, Don't. because I feel like it's always filmed on like a flip cam. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> like why is the quality so bad? So funny. I don't know. It's just weird. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, okay. So speaking of other national chains that we do not have. Yeah. When it comes to shipping. Oh, this is annoying. This is so frustrating to me. So you, if okay, you get. I don't want to say irrationally because I think it's rational, but there are times that you get so mad at this that I just need to like remove the knives from your vicinity and let you go. Well, sure. Because I feel like 
Well, and, and part of it is just that people are stupid. And so <laughs> if you don't want to ship all the way to Alaska, fine, say that. Um, but don't say that you ship to the United States, yeah. but not to Alaska, because that just makes you look stupid. And there, you guys, there are so many companies that you go on their website and they're like, oh, ship, you know. Ship everywhere in the U.S., no international in the US. shipping. And so it's like, cool, I'm going to place an order. And then you like load your card up, you get everything, you're checking out, you put in your address, and they're like, we don't ship to Alaska. But you, said, of, but you said you shipped to the United States. We're part of the freaking United States. We are part of the freaking United States. I would and it argue just makes you look ignorant. I would argue we're the best part of the United States. Correct. And I and I just I just feel like it just makes those companies look stupid. But it also, like, it's so frustrating. Like, I, it's just, why? There is no reason. Um, FedEx has a hub here. There is zero reason yeah, that I think people it, can't ship to Alaska. I think Anchorage, they is, won't. Anchorage is one of the five largest FedEx hubs in the world. Yes. Which is insane. Right. Um, and, and that is one of the annoying things is that all of these other companies have figured out the logistics of shipping to Alaska. Uh-huh. Yet there's some companies that just, it feels lazy. It, it, it 100% is. And it's so, it's just so annoying. Um, so it's, it's gotten better mm-hmm. since oh, I moved lot. up here, but I do remember several times ordering something and having to send it to my mom's house or to my sister's house and then have them ship it to me USPS because whatever company just would not ship to Alaska. Well, it's interesting because this is kind of a, a this is a part of the economy that exists here that probably doesn't other places. There are businesses here that basically mm-hmm. exist they're almost like freight forwarders. So right. you can't have something, uh, we couldn't have something shipped here to our house. Let's say we ordered something from Ikea. And it's like, you know what? We want to place all these orders for these things from Ikea. But they're like, nope, don't ship. So there's these companies here that you basically make your purchase through them. And they ship everything to an address they have, like in Seattle. Right, they have a warehouse in Seattle. And then they ship it up here. And then they ship it up here. And so there's like all of these other like businesses that have been created to get around the no shipping to Alaska issue. Right. And it's just, ugh, it just makes me angry. So, and that adds cost because this, these companies are doing this for free. So you're shipping it to their warehouse and then they ship it up here to you. Yep. Um, and there's a cost to that. So now you're shipping it twice. So if, I mean, that's just, I hate that too. But also like if companies do ship to Alaska, they, for whatever reason, feel the need to price gouge. Yeah, on some things, not on all things. I feel like there's there's several things. So I'm going to talk for a minute about Hobby Lobby. Oh, let's do it. Um, so part of some of my ears that I make, I use like this glitter foam, like this glitter foam. Very light. Like it weighs nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was like 19.95 for like this big pack of it. And it was thirty nine ninety five to ship it. How much? Thirty nine ninety five. Forty dollars to ship a twenty dollar product. Yep. I think that's lies. I think that's lazy. There's no way that this eight and a half by eleven foam <laughs> was going to cost forty dollars to ship. No. No way. No. And uh, and so like it's is that kind of stuff. I'm like, there is absolutely no reason that this is necessary. Okay. Take a breath. <laughs> I need you, you guys, this is the issue that gets Sherry going so much. Oh my like, gosh. Like, we don't ship to a lot. If you want to see Sherry put together a string of curse words, like... Even, Very e- creative. Even that would make sailors' ears turn red. <laughs> like, just 
talk about no shipping to Alaska. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, deep breath. Yeah, we're going to move on. <sighs> okay, the next thing we're going to talk about mm-hmm. also is cost. Also but, is cost. But this is more about the cost once you live here. Um, yeah. So Alaska. Or to visit. Or to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, Alaska, as we said, naturally, stunningly beautiful. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. But uh, to really fully get out and experience all of Alaska can be very expensive. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So, you know, thinking cruising, mm-hmm. um, cruising to Alaska is astronomically expensive. Um, yeah, more but, expensive than other cruises. Well, sure. But I'm even thinking like once you're here. I, like flight yes. scene is very expensive. Flight scene is very expensive. Whale watching yep. is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, getting to like get out and experience Alaska is very expensive. Even the boat from um, Juneau to Skagway, the ferry we took, mm-hmm. was like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, you know, like that's it's very expensive. Yes, and so I love Alaska now. And granted, you can get out and you can rent a kayak and you can go camping in a tent and you can. There's a lot of ways to experience Alaska. Hikes are free. Um, there's a lot of ways to experience Alaska that are not expensive, but there's a lot of things that are very expensive. Yeah, and so I think that sometimes. I know this was even the case for us for a long time. You end up not doing a lot of things locally Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, if I'm going to spend $2,000 on a trip, like let's go to California rather than like just be here in our state. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, I mean, we've spent more the last, the last two summers, we've spent more money experiencing and exploring Alaska than the previous 16 years you've lived here. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And, and part of that is that we just made that a priority and yep. that's where we put our money so we didn't really do other vacations. Completely. And so that, but that is a, that is a negative is that it's like, man, you live in this amazing, beautiful place, yet there are so many people who live here who have never seen it by a small plane, you know, flying over mountain passes or have never been out on a whale watching tour or a snow machine adventure like I went on mm-hmm. because like the cost to do those things can be prohibitive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, Sherry. Yeah. What's next on our list? Um, mosquitoes. Okay. Um. Well, actually, that's the that's the thing after, but it's okay. Well, we sort of talked about that. Do we want to talk about that? A I, bit I, more? I do want to talk about that a little bit more. Sorry, you guys. I'm pl- I'm fidgeting with stuff in my hands. I'm gonna move it. Um. I want to talk about before we get to mosquitoes. I do want to talk about this next thing, and that's the transient nature of Alaska. Yeah. Um. We have a state that has a high population turnover. Largely because of the kind of industries we have. Yeah. We have a lot of seasonal workers. We have a lot of... Military. A lot of military. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Alaska is the kind of place where a lot of people live for a season. Uh, some people... I, I know a lot of people, they're like, you know what? Let's move to Alaska in our early to mid-20s. Get these great high-paying jobs. Like, work a year or two. Um, like, have a great job on a resume. Make a bunch of money. And then... Just, like, go start my life somewhere. Yeah. With, like, this huge head start. Yeah. The problem when you live here, when the population is so transient, is that a lot of friends come and go. Yeah, we've had a lot of friends leave. Yep. And so you you always create friendships, but sometimes Alaska can feel like a hard place to have deep roots mm-hmm. because of how often people come and go. Yeah. And that hasn't been the easiest thing for us. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, I feel, I do feel like our, you know, kind of friend groups have morphed and shifted a lot Mm -hmm. over the course of our marriage. Um, 
and some of that is just natural like that you know people's orbits just sort of you know move away and come closer and move away totally um people that still live here it's it's been kind of this back and forth but especially when people move it's it's just it's really hard to maintain the kind of friendship that we had when we were like in each other's living rooms three or four times a week yeah and so i do think that's one of the things that you do have to know as you're building relationships here in alaska is that um some friendships may be you know physical in person for a season and then it's like well you figure out how to be friends from thousands of miles away right so that that can be hard now let's get to mosquitoes now we'll talk about mosquitoes those blood suckers yeah state bird yep so okay (laughs) you're gonna have to you're gonna have to lead on this one because i've always felt like the whole alaska mosquito thing is overblown it's not really no so here's the thing i so i grew up in indiana um and quite a bit of my growing up was in pretty rural Indiana where mm-hmm. we had like cornfields and stuff where if there's any water sitting, that's where mosquitoes breed. Totally. So I grew up with mosquitoes. They are, they're a different breed here. Okay. In what ways? Um, they're bigger. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're a lot more aggressive. Interesting. Um, I feel like they swarm here and um, I don't know. I just... I, for me, I feel like I, I don't remember sitting outside in like, you know, fire pits and stuff growing up and just being miserable because I'm being attacked. Yeah. Um, which is almost always the case here. Like if, if you're not covered in some kind of mosquito repellent, hmm. um, and even then sometimes like you're just, you're just being attacked constantly. Man. Okay. Um, and going on like walks down like our coastal trails and stuff. I feel like you walk through like swarms of mosquitoes. Um, and so even like at the top of the, what mountain we were in, in, uh, Juneau, we turned back because mosquitoes were so bad. So I think that, so that's, here's my thing with mosquitoes is that I have been in places where they are so bad. You have to stop what you're doing. I think of Juneau. I think of on the RV trip. Do you remember we stopped in that one mountain pass? Yeah. And like got outside. And so I nope. think I think to me, yes, there are places where they are horrible. I guess what I I just don't feel like I ever experienced that here. Like Anchorage. If we go out camping in the woods, sure. Um, but for me, people just make it seem like, oh, you visit Alaska and like the whole time you're outside, you're just getting killed by mosquitoes. And I, I don't know. Also, maybe mosquitoes don't love my blood as much as other people <laughs> because I just don't feel like they're that big of a deal. With exceptions, when you get in places of the state that they are just horrible. Yeah. I mean, I just, I even feel like, um, like we've taken walks just down on like Campbell Trail and stuff and it's, they're bad. And sitting outside, like on our patio, they're bad. Weird. And so we've, like, put plants out there and we've put, you know, candles and stuff out there. And I just don't feel like there's much that we can do to just make them stop attacking. So there you go. Apparently, so, mosquitoes. Appar- apparently mosquitoes are bad. Um, <laughs> next thing, uh, we're going to talk a little natural disaster. Yeah. So, yes, earthquakes, of course. Some yeah. people, I will say, I've actually been surprised um, when we do, like, Instagram lives or we post YouTube videos about, like, the earthquake a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't know you guys had earthquakes in Alaska. <laughs> uh, Alaska's on the ring of fire, has more earthquakes than any other state in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, earthquakes are a part of life here. Yeah. Um, and a sucky part of life here. It's a, yeah. It's a not fun part of life. 
We don't often have the really big ones. Nope. Um, but we have, we have had several since I've been here. I was going to say, in your 18 years... I feel like years, it's every few years. In your 18 years of being here, how many earthquakes do you think we've had that were like... I'm going to say scary. Because I mean, we've, we've had hundreds, thousands of earthquakes. But like ones that were like truly scary. Three that I can think of. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say three or four. Right. So, um, yeah, three yeah. or four in the 18 years that I've been here that were like truly like... We might not make it out. Well, <laughs> I, I would say that in that time for me, one where I thought there's a chance we die. Yeah. Um, and others that I was scared, but never to the like the we might die thing. Uh, but one, again, that was the that was the November um, 2018 mm-hmm. earthquake where I was like, I don't know that we make it. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> that we or our house make it out of this. Yeah, that was that was the most terrifying experience of my life. Yeah. Um, so we do have and then honestly, like. We were talking about this the other day with some other friends. The worst part of those kinds of earthquakes, we've had a few of those, um, are the aftershocks. Oh. So that one in 2018, we had how, like 3,500 aftershocks. It was in- genuinely insane. Um, that were like over whatever, like feelable. Um, so, you know, we get twos and threes kind of all the time and we don't really feel those. Um but fours, fives, sixes, sevens. <laughs> um, we didn't have 3,500 of those. No. Yeah, just to be clear. No, but we had like 3,500 like feelable earthquakes, hmm. aftershocks over the course of like 18 months. Okay. Um, and it was <laughs> like that was the traumatizing part because I just mm-hmm. felt like there were so many, especially the first several months afterwards. Like it was just, they were just constant and they were big and I just... I was constantly on edge mm-hmm. with those. Yeah, they are they are terrifying. Yes. Especially when they get to that size. Yeah. Uh, the next kind of disaster sort of thing is one that a lot of people don't know about. And right. it's, it's one of those things that I feel like every year we have several times. Mm-hmm. And that is windstorms. Windstorms. So this is kind of a timely conversation because even just the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, just north of us in the Palmer Wasilla area, uh, they got crushed. Yeah, and so, like, Hurricane Force, like, 100, 120-mile-an-hour winds um, that just take out buildings and your roofs off of buildings and um, yeah, we have friends flip who, semis over. We have and, friends who live in, like, a Bear Valley part of Anchorage, which is up in the mountains, and mm-hmm. it's, like, it's nothing for them to clock 100-mile-an-hour winds. Right. Um, which is just insane. It's, like, if, if there was that kind of a storm that hit any other part of the country, it would be, like, news. Right, well, it's Hurricane Force, so you think of, like, hurricanes that hit... Um, you know, Florida and, and Texas and like those southern states and it's terrible. Yeah, for us it's just a storm. But for us it's just a storm, but it's it's but it's not because even in like so like the last couple of weeks that Palmer Osilla got hit so hard, um, it was all of that force plus minus twenty five degrees. Yeah, well that's the hard that's the hard part is that wind normally does one of two things in Alaska in the winter. Wind storms either make it really cold or really warm. Mm-hmm. It depends on the jet flow, like the jet stream, where we're getting the, the air from. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy because it can be, t- you get 25 below plus wind chills. Right. Um, or it can make it 40 or 50 degrees and all of a sudden all of the snow starts melting so crazy quick. Right. Like wind storms normally either bring really cold or really warm weather here mm-hmm. in the winter. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it's always, it's always surprising. Uh, ev- with without fail, every winter when we get our big windstorms, 
you always see people posting on social media who like just moved here. Um, they're like, I didn't know this was a thing here. And it's like, oh yeah, this is. Oh, for sure. Yep. This is just part of it. Yep. Like we just don't leave any, you know, loose things outside because they will blow away. I remember a friend, uh, this was gosh, just a couple of years ago, uh, who lives kind of up in that part of town where they get a lot of winds telling a story about her neighbor had a trampoline in their yard <laughs> and looking outside and watch like one of those giant trampolines and like looking up and watching the trampoline way up in the sky blown over her house. Right. Just like, oh, there's a trampoline like literally up in the air like a sail mm-hmm. just like flying away. Right. Because yeah. And it's just, it's, it's crazy, it what, crazy. These, what these storms do. So I grew up with tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pronounced tornadoes. It's not. Sounds fancier. All right. <laughs> and, um, but I think the thing with tornadoes and hurricanes and that kind of stuff is that you can predict them. Yeah, completely. To a certain extent. You can see them coming. Um, very a- rarely do tornadoes just touch down and demolish. Like there's usually weather patterns that are like, hey, a tornado is possible. And there's the tornado watch and there's then the tornado warning when it touches down. Like... And then you can kind of tell if you're in the path or not. Like with earthquakes, it it just is. That to me is the scariest thing about earthquakes. Right. Oh, the is, earth is going to swallow me right now. Okay. Like we're sitting here <laughs> recording this podcast and we could have an earthquake right now that literally destroyed our house right. with no notice, no warning, no anything. Right. Like there's no way to predict them it's, at all. That's the most terrifying thing to me. Yes. And how that... That big earthquake we had back in 18, how violent it is. And there's no, here's the thing is that there's no way to describe the violence of that. Right. Because any way you try to describe it feels inadequate. It feels less than the best way that I have been able to to figure out how is if you take a dollhouse with like the little peoples inside and you just shake it like a cocktail shaker. Just violently. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it felt like. It felt like we were the people inside and this was just being, our house was just being shaken like a cocktail shaker. Yeah. So somebody picked it up and it was just going crazy. Yes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's what it felt like. (laughs) All right. So that's, that's earthquakes and windstorms. We only have one thing left. And actually this, I I would argue this is the hardest thing about Alaska on a grand scale. Yeah. And this is also something that a lot of people don't know about or talk about. Um, know about or talk about, you know, a lot of, and actually this is pretty timely because I just talked about this earlier tonight in a training I led. Um, a lot of times when you think about Alaska, the focus is on what is beautiful, right? It's the mountains, the glaciers, the experiences, the untouched wilderness, all that stuff that, you know, sometimes we feature in our videos. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is as beautiful as Alaska is, um, it is just as broken culturally. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that most of the statistics that you do not want to be number one in, we are. Things like domestic violence, things like substance abuse, things like sexual assault. Um, suicide. Su- things like suicide. In fact, uh, Native Alaskan men from 18 to 24 are the have the highest percentage of suicide of any demographic in the entire country. There is no group of people who take their lives more often than young Alaskan Native men. Mm-hmm. And there's just this brokenness in our culture here that that is just really heavy and really hard. Yeah. And sometimes that surprises people. And I know that part of it is because of the work that the work that I do. In fact, a lot of people, you know, you guys know that I work in the anti-trafficking world. 
And one of the first questions we always get is, you know, Alaska, like human trafficking in Alaska. Like I thought that was, uh, I thought that was Thailand or I thought that was Vietnam, Southeast Asia, uh, here in the U S I thought it was, you know, Atlanta, Houston, Orlando, those kind of places. You don't think about Alaska about mm -hmm. trafficking, but back in 2017, there was actually a study done by Covenant House, which is a youth homeless shelter, uh, and Loyola University. They wanted to look at rates of human trafficking among homeless youth. And so they did this study at Covenant House locations across North America. And these were big cities like Seattle, Vancouver, Detroit, Toronto, like big metropolitan areas. Mm -hmm. And, and Anchorage was one of them. And it's funny. It's not a big metropolitan well, area. Well, no. And it's funny because when we first looked at the list of cities, it was almost like we don't fit on this list at all. Right. Because all these cities have millions of people and we're capping out at 300. Yeah, it's like Anchorage. <laughs> um, and yet when the results came back, Anchorage by far had the highest percentage of human trafficking among our youth. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to be in Toronto and, and talk to somebody who was a part of this study. And I'll never forget what, what was said was that it wasn't just that the numbers here were so bad. It was that the stories were so horrific. And so even things like human trafficking is, you know, we were number one on that list. That is not a list you want to be number one on. That's not a list you want to be on. Completely. <laughs> and so I think that. That's one of the things that I don't like about Alaska and yeah. that can be hard about Alaska is that it is naturally the most beautiful place, yet I would argue culturally and socially the most broken place. Yeah. And those two things exist in one state. Yeah. Right? Incredibly broken, yet incredibly beautiful. And trying to, uh, I don't know, trying to like deal with that or live in that tension can be a lot here yes uh so yeah that to me is one of the things that is really hard about being here it is and i think that it's something that people don't maybe know mm -hmm. um but it's so important i think to let people know that that is it's it's not good i mean it's definitely it's it's one of the ugly things of alaska yeah it is and i think that a couple things can happen is that there can be people who move here who kind of bury their head in the sand and almost like don't want to see, they want to focus so much on what's beautiful that they don't focus on what's broken. Right. But the reality is, is like, if we're going to be, you know, like good humans who, mm -hmm. who are kind for no reason, you know, and who make <laughs> our state and our culture better. And let people know they matter. We have to look at things that are broken and yeah. we have to help those things uh, be better. We have to, you know, cause change where we can and, bring justice where there's injustice. And I just feel like to be a good citizen, you have to look at what is broken, not just what is beautiful. Yep. And so that to me is what is mostly broken here in our state. Agreed. So you guys, those are the things that we don't like about living in Alaska. I'm sorry I got angry. No, I, as soon as we put <laughs> like shipping costs on this list, I knew it's like, well, we're going to get to have, we're going to see Sherry pissed. Yeah. I feel like I held back pretty well though. You didn't curse. I didn't. I didn't curse. Which is shocking. Right. Because earlier you were like, can I say this? And you said a couple <laughs> words together. And I was like, you for sure can't say that. <laughs> like, like there's a lot of things you can say. We you... did have somebody say that that was their favorite part of the podcast was me cursing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is the unfiltered sherry that I get to see every day mm -hmm. that YouTube does not get to see. Correct. Um, so friends, that's, that's our list. 
Uh, And I do want to end this podcast by just kind of reminding you of something we said at the beginning. Uh, Alaska is freaking amazing. Yes, it is. But just like everywhere in the world, there are things that are not. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think that sometimes you can focus on all that is good and ignore the things that are bad. And right. Or I, you can focus on all that is bad and ignore the things that are good. So that's actually and I don't what, think that either one of those is a good place to live. That's what I was just going to say. Because mm-hmm. we've seen people who have moved to Alaska who have focused only on the bad things and hated it and left within weeks. Right. You Months. Know? But yeah, it was like, yeah, they were here for just such a short amount of time. They never actually really got to experience Alaska because everything that they saw, they hated. Mm-hmm. But they weren't looking for anything good either. No, like came into it with negative, like focusing on this list. Right. And so I think that that's the key, no matter whether you live in Alaska or whether you live anywhere. Um, what are the things that are beautiful where you live? There mm-hmm. are. I've I've never traveled a place in this entire country that I have not found beauty. Yep. And I think that it's important to look for the beautiful things where you live. I also think it's important that if you live somewhere... Look for the things that are broken and say, how in the world can I help? How how can I make this less broken in the place that I call home? Yeah. There you go. There's my little there's my little challenge. Good job, Pastor Adam. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so here's the way uh, this works is some of you might be listening on Apple. Some of you might be listening on Spotify or Google, any other podcast platform. We want you guys to head over to YouTube. Want you to type in Leg Life Podcast. Do a couple things. Number one, subscribe. Let's get those subscription numbers up over on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But then find this podcast on the Leg Life Podcast YouTube channel and let us know. I don't know, Sherry, what should we ask them? What do we want to hear from them this time? What is one thing that you love about the place you live and one thing that you don't love about the place you live? Oh, I love that. Give us something that is beautiful and give us something that is broken. Yep. Yeah, that's... Dang, Sherry. (laughs) <laughs> look at you go yeah so welcome. head over head over to youtube like my <laughs> podcast uh something that is beautiful and something that is broken and uh yeah we just felt like i don't know it's january it's dark <laughs> it's easier to focus on the broken things right now <laughs> it's cold and that's the truth it is easier to focus on the broken things <sighs> yeah. when it is june and it's 75 degrees and sunny and gorgeous and yeah. i can sit outside and drink beers at breweries and go on hikes during the day to me, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with Alaska. <laughs> you know, I there is one thing that I absolutely hate about summer in Alaska. Oh, I'm so intrigued. The birds. What do you mean? We have birds that live in the tree right outside our bedroom oh. window. <laughs> one of these days, I'm just going to shoot them dead because but, they drive me crazy. Yes, the reason I'm not going to give you a gun. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> because, like, you would miss and, like, pelt a building next to us and then... Oh my gosh, they're awful. Yeah. I don't even know what kind of bird it is. It's the most annoying bird. Well, and here's the problem is that I think that birds have the same problems we do in the summer. It's always freaking light and you never know when to go to sleep. And so the birds are always like, I don't know, it's light out. Let's chat. And it's like, no, you shut up. I'm trying to sleep. It's three o'clock in the morning. Magpie. (laughs) Freaking magpie should have made this list. Oh, magpies. Yeah. All right, friends. (laughs) There you go. Now we're just rambling. We love you guys so much. Thanks for listening to episode 51 yeah. of the Lug Life Podcast. We're halfway to 102 episodes, Sherry. All right. All right, friends. We'll see you guys next week on the Lug Life Podcast. Bye. Bye.